great miracles of the lockdowns, one of the great miracles of uh, 2020 was how food supplies stayed intact. It was how the networks that get food from the farmers' lands onto trucks that go to markets, to the buyers, to the distributors, to the retailers, and to manufacturers in order to process uh, raw materials into into uh, foodstuffs. How that worked and worked so absolutely brilliantly. And thank goodness it did. Could you imagine the catastrophe had it failed? Gerstein is the chief executive and co-founder at Food Supply Network. And before we talk about your business, Ger, just give me a sense of the process that I've just done, uh, I've just spoken about and how that actually works every day in South Africa before we talk about how you're disrupting it. Hi, Bruce. Um, it's actually quite a complex process, um, and I think it, I think it held together just, just during COVID. Um, it's just, just. I mean, the, the fact if it held together just, just in the biggest test of our lifetimes, that's probably okay, isn't it? Or should it have been more resilient? <laughs> yeah, we, we probably couldn't have expected much more resilience than than what what was there. Um, yeah, it's it's quite complex. If you just think about it, the number of manufacturers in there, the number of distributors. Um, the the biggest thing about food is probably the shelf life. Um, so, from from production to consumption, you have X amount of time, and if you don't move food to the correct place in the correct time, um, it's it's lost. <laughs> and and sadly, that happens happens at, at the moment. I mean, thirty percent of food that we produce is wasted. Um, so there's definitely lots to do, but or lot, lots to improve on. Um, but it, it is an insanely complex process. And um, sadly, information isn't always flowing the way it should. It's not very transparent. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, it is. I think it's, it's, it's evolved over so many years. And that's probably where the resilience came from. Um, it wasn't just put together. It, it evolved. And generally that's no, certainly. I mean, I, that you need. 99% of the time, 99.9% of the time, probably, um, the cold chain works really well as well. Because the last thing you want to be doing if you're a dairy farmer or a, a bottler of milk um, at a dairy is to be bottling your milk and having it sort of stand out in the sun for an hour or two before it ends up in the in the retailer's fridge and onto its uh, refrigerated shelves. Um, because that does happen from time to time, unfortunately, and then the milk goes sour. Uh, it's that sort of complexity that I think you're talking about. Yeah, and, and just a lot of the production, if you, I'm just going to pick random products, the motor source, um, that's manufactured in batches. Um, it's not manufactured continuously. So they need to know six months from now, how many tomato, how, how many source do we need? How much tomato source? And if they, if you get that wrong, you, you schedule the batch for the wrong, wrong, wrong production schedule. So, it's it's just not gonna it's just not gonna gel. You're either gonna have too much tomato sauce, or you're gonna have too little tomato sauce. So it's actually quite complex. 
You can never have too much tomato sauce. <laughs> really? Um, now, uh, My kids agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> tell me how, what was the problem that you saw? Because what you've done fairly recently is you received an investment, um, like other companies have, from the Nuspat Foundry. They focus on startup investments, of course, um, uh, which, which is brilliant. So what was the problem that you spotted and how have you gone about beginning to solve it? So we focus on the hospitality industry. Um, we have daily orders. So every day they'll order and every day it must pitch up. Um, and sadly, it doesn't always pitch up. Um, so and the, the biggest issue there is just miscommunication, not knowing that a product is currently out of stock with a certain supplier and you need to order that from your backup supplier. So those general miscommunications, that, that was a big issue we saw in hospitality. And initially we started fixing it there. Um, and and we now are gradually expanding our reach uh, wider than hospitality to the the larger food supply ecosystem, and inherently have the same problem. You have um, there's stock sitting in the entire supply chain, but nobody really knows how much stock sits where. Manufacturers don't have a true picture. Nobody has a true picture of where the stock is uh, or where it isn't. Um, so in essence, that's what we're doing. We, we're trying to get more transparency in the supply chain. Um, just so I mean, everybody it, knows what is where. Yeah? Is it as simple as, I mean, the other day I was standing in a queue at my local coffee shop and I wanted a takeaway coffee um, and I mm -hmm. paid my money and I waited for a minute or two and they said, oh, terribly sorry, we've run out of milk. And I looked and I, I got quite irritated because Hold on a second. You're a coffee shop. There, there are two primary or three primary ingredients um, that you can never run out of. You need to have a backup water system to ensure that that works. You need to have coffee. And yes, you need to have milk. How on earth did that happen? Um, and, and somebody popped off to the local supermarket to go buy some. Nobody went five minutes earlier when the milk was running out. They waited for it to run out before somebody went, oh, we're out of milk. Um, and something had gone horribly wrong somewhere. That, that's almost the exact exact problem you have, just in a larger scale. Um, so imagine that, but now I'm, I'm the coffee shop and I order my milk from this distributor, but I don't know they're running low on milk. So I order milk and tomorrow I'll get my milk. But all of a sudden, tomorrow they, they're out of milk. <laughs> um, but similarly, the, the manufacturer upstream, they also didn't know they're running low and tomorrow they get too many orders and they can't fulfill all of it. Um, so it's, it's just, it's almost predicting the future. That's what you want to do. Um, again, if you have short shelf life products, you need to predict the future better. Um, so if they knew you were coming for your coffee, they probably would have prepared and <laughs> gotten your milk, but you just pitched up. Very rude of me. How inconsiderate. Um, but I do it from time to time. They should know by now. Gersen is our guest this evening. He's chief executive and co-founder at Food Supply Network. So how does he predict the future? How does he help companies predict the future? I mean, it can be nothing more frustrating than, you know, if you are that coffee shop and you need, uh, you know, those takeaway coffee cups, which hopefully are environmentally friendly and you've got those dreadful blah, cardboard lids rather than uh, more comfortable plastic ones that you have a good stock of them and that you don't run out. But it does happen from time to time. So how does Gert stop that happening? More in a moment. Let's go back to Gert Stein, Chief Executive and Co-Founded Food Supply Network. So you spotted the problem, Gert. How are you predicting the future then to ensure that these blockages, the system failures uh, in the system don't happen? Um, 
Luckily, we don't need to predict the future. Um, all we need to do is get everybody to just speak to each other and get information to flow. Um, so, as I said, as long as we have visibility on what stock is where, um, restaurants already do a level of prediction on their side, so they know tomorrow I want to sell X coffees. Um, and we have the ability to make that information flow up. So all the restaurants in our system, for example, we know how many coffees they're going to sell. We can float up and tell the dairy supplier, um, expect a million liters of milk orders for tomorrow, um, et cetera. And we can do that for different products. And if that information can flow up, then all the different parties can, can do their own predicting and or not predicting, actually then just planning. And then you solve the problem or you, you get a lot closer to solving the problem. So how then, I mean, so what is, uh, so how then is, are so, you utilizing this money that has come then from Foundry to make it happen, to make it occur? So it's obviously, it's a hugely ambitious thing to look at the entire food supply chain and say, we want to bring all the parties in that chain together, or closer together. Um, so if you can imagine, we, we're integrating with ERP systems of the different players. Uh, that takes a huge amount of resources to get that to work. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's an intensive exercise. But um, in essence, as I said, we started on the hospitality side. We're now gradually moving towards retail, um, specifically online retail. And then we're launching a product in October. That'll help online retailers basically get better product information. So when you go to your favorite online store and you, you open up a product and the information you're looking for is not there, specs aren't there, um, start, starting with that, just get information flowing to everybody and then gradually move to, to uh, higher levels of information. As I said, stock levels, pricing, what, availability. What, what is going wrong in the system? I mean, I, for example, I went onto a particular company's website. They've got a, um, they've got a very good store presence, and you go into the stores. The stores are pleasant, but there was a deal online to buy a particular product, and I got very excited about it. There's quite a big discount involved. Um, it showed that there was stock available. I ordered. Um, the money disappeared off my credit card, and two days later, I got a refund. So no communication from the store. And I went, terribly sorry, but my order seems to be in return. Oh, no, we ran out of stock. Uh, hold on a second, but I ordered this thing two days ago. There was stock. And we got into a discussion. Um, and they, they, found another, they found another item eventually. But my goodness me, it was frustrating. Because uh, that undermines your faith then in the online platform. I haven't gone back to that store and used its online platform since. Because simply, I don't believe I trust it. Yeah, I think the key with there is trust. Um, well, when, so in essence, food supply is an online ordering system, a B2B online ordering system. So quite similar to e-commerce, but just in the business space. And the, the biggest barrier to get people to actually embrace it and use it is exactly that. It's trust and, and confidence in, and I'm seeing this product at that price and I'm going to order 10 of them. And I'll, actually, I'll actually get it tomorrow morning. It'll be there. Um, I think that that is, definitely one of the key problems we need to solve or everybody needs to solve in the online economy. Um, it'll, I think some retailers will definitely be better than others at it and they will be rewarded accordingly. Uh, as you say, you're never visiting that store again. Well, um, I don't mind the physical but, store, but I haven't gone to their website since. I mean, is yeah, the, 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 the problem is not the tech. The problem is the people behind the tech, I would guess, because they're not 
feeding the information into the system or the system should be better automated perhaps um, um, again how does how should it work better it's a combination um uh, online stores don't always carry all the stock physically in a warehouse somewhere um, often it sits with a distributor and when you place order they'll get it from the distributor and then send it on but if they don't have visibility into what is available at that distributor they can easily get in the situation where they oversell and that stock now literally just isn't available. They thought it was, but it isn't. So there's definitely a, a level of incomplete information there. So it's not necessarily malicious. Um, but again, if, if we can get that information transparent to everybody downstream, then there should be no reason for that to happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating world that you're working in. And I mean, it must, I don't know if you've aged a lot since you started, Gert, but it sounds to me like an absolute <laughs> nightmare because in, in, a, in a country where... Uh, Online retail is fairly much in its infancy. We've had a nice big tick up through COVID and uh, systems have improved and delivery mechanisms have improved and um, on-time ordering, I'm sure, has improved a lot. Um, we've probably had to escalate our capabilities online quite dramatically. Um, and I don't know if it's working better today than it was 18 months ago. Certainly it does seem to be. There's a, yeah, I, th I think it's definitely working better. I think all of a sudden online is a, it's a priority for every retailer out there. I don't think there's retailers out there that are not online or not trying to be online. Um, there's also many new players, which I'm really excited about. Um, especially uh, think of groceries delivered to home type players, many new players starting up. Um, and obviously I think competition is good. It's healthy. Um, and that also in the online space, it's, it's really, if you're a small retailer, you can actually compete online. Whereas in the physical world, it's much more difficult. Um, so I'm really excited about the sort of um, improvement in service levels that we're going to see probably in the next two years. I certainly hope so, Gert. Otherwise, we'll blame you. Uh, Gert is the chief executive and co-founder <laughs> at Food Supply Network, finding the, you know, the problems within systems and plugging those gaps. There's a job in everything, it would seem, a business opportunity in everything, because not everything works perfectly, and people like Gert try to spot the gaps and to fill those gaps when they needed to.